Welcome to the Imperfect Allies Podcast. This is Chris, and I just want to let you know that we are going to do things a little differently for your listening experience. We are going to open the interview with a candid conversation between me and Richie as we discuss the topics for today's episode about being a black pioneer in the white spaces of technology. Please enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Imperfect Allies. I am Chris. And I'm Richie. And today we are here to have another imperfect conversation before our interview. With I'm sorry, I'm excited about this one. Sorry to you, interrupt you, man. Oh my goodness! Oh, of course, of course you are. Um, well, personally, I'm nervous um, because mm-hmm. our guest this week is the founder of Built, which is Blacks United in Leading Technology, and he is the executive director and chairman of the board. And his name is Peter Beasley, which like weirdly That's happens weird, to man. be yeah, like. <laughs> That happens to be my middle name and last name. Like, what? What? Who is this guy? That's a crazy coincidence. <laughs> um, we will be having my father um, on with yeah. us very shortly. Yeah. So let's have an imperfect conversation before he gets here. I think that mm. sounds great. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I'm excited to talk to him uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I want to know more about you. Uh, also, um, you know, you, from our talks, you know, he's he's tended to lean, um, for lack of a better term, less black. Mm. <laughs> you know, like that. I mean, is that I don't know. Can a white guy say that? I don't know. If yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think on <laughs> uh, um, perfect allies, you yeah, have the exactly. space. I think anywhere else, Richie, you might be canceled. So sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I'm not trying to imply anything about who he is as a person. Just uh, from the conversations that things have come up, like you know, more conservative and and less less about blackness or, or being black more about being an individual and and just the the uh, contrast of that uh, the you know you and him and um, yeah <laughs> yeah no I think I think you're you're spot on we got to spend a lot of time with my grandfather uh, my dad's dad over the last during quarantine um, so my grandfather actually passed away in yeah. 2020 and so um, we kind of saw it coming in in one way as in my grandpa's was very aware that he was coming to his last day. So he gave us that heads up. We were in denial, but either way, we still went and spent some time with him. And we talked about these things. And, you know, my dad's perspective was that my grandpa didn't talk about race much. So my dad didn't know to really talk about race much. So Mm. my dad grew up being himself. So he was an individual more so than Mm. being black because that wasn't the education he got. And I think I got a little bit of that as well. And so... The Beasley generation, the, the three Beasleys, we we didn't operate from a perspective of my blackness is on display every day. You know, we are just who we are. My dad was kind of raised to be just who he was. Um, he didn't even know that he was the only black kid at his school, which sounds oh, wow. ridiculous. But my dad wow. and we'll, we'll probably talk about it. We found a photo of my dad in elementary at my grandparents house. And he's the only black kid in the photo. And I shared this on social media. My dad said when he saw that photo, he goes, oh, I was the only black. Like he had no <laughs> recollection of being different. He yeah. was just himself all the time. Yeah. So it's just really interesting that his career also now he is leading black movements. He is mm-hmm. um, uh, really big into um, constructing organizations to lift up lift up black voices yeah. and um, he's been featured in news articles and he started companies and he's done a lot of amazingly successful things and it wasn't until later in his life that 
he really focused on the black experience because mm. he was just himself for so long. But mm. now he's he's using his talents and his gifts in those areas. Yeah. My dad puts it probably, and we'll probably get into this as one. He he would have wanted to be aware. He would have wanted to be more aware <laughs> that race might hinder him because <laughs> ah, okay. he went into spaces just here I am. Why don't you accept me? This is strange. You know, mm. he was he was presenting great opportunities for others and building great things he's 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 truly a genius um especially when it comes to effectively building processes and yeah. systems and I so he would build something and people would say eh, we don't think that's valuable mm. and he's he doesn't know that they're looking at the presenter not the presentation yeah you know and and so he <laughs> race kind of slapped him in the face of like, mm. why aren't they noticing what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, he would have liked to be prepared a little bit more. That's really that's really interesting, man. I wonder I wonder if more people because because there's the, the tension there that kind of popped up in my head was like, you know, uh, with like white folks are like race is over. It's no, you know, whatever else it's gone. Mm -hmm. We don't have to even talk about it. And and the criticism of 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 more of a, a parent saying, well, you're black, and this is what cops are going to do, and this is what white people are going to do, um, that like deters them or like makes it sets them up to fail or sets them up to this mindset that's that's negative. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, those that tension there between those two things be, is really really interesting because I I don't know I don't know what the best is to do. I mean I don't know. Um, like I'm teaching my kids about what. Um, black kids talk about like you know what I mean? like mm -hmm. the, the the lessons that like you know that that they they have shared with me like you've shared with me and my other friends have shared with me like this is what i, I kind of just got to talk like hey look this is I, i'm sorry and this is it you know um but there's a there's like a power like it sounds like that with your dad there's a certain power because he just went for it and it, you know like as far as that goes and and it didn't he didn't hinder know him to. yeah it didn't hinder him internally but he got the external hindrance and, and wasn't prepared for that so like how do you as a we, you know, what do, what do we do with the next generation, you know? <laughs> and, and I've actually had people reach out to me asking me how they should talk to their children, which mm -hmm. is heavy, right? You know, yeah. and I'm thinking like, man, that's tough. That is because at, at one end of the spectrum, um, I think seeing yourself, meaning like teaching your kid to see themselves as an individual is very valuable and not, mm -hmm. not treating others differently. But knowing that it is susceptible, like as humans, we are susceptible to falling into these tribal yeah. things where we might demonize another group. It, it, that's valuable to know. And maybe maybe there's a healthy way to say it's not just race. You know, it, this happens tribally on all types of fronts. Right? Yeah. People might say Ooh. mean things about liberals or about conservatives or about right. your sexuality or if you're a female or a male. Right. And it's the exact what we've learned on this podcast mm. is the exact same process. Mm. And maybe that's a healthier way to go about educating kids on how you treat others, right? Yeah. You, and um, I, I think that at least gives people the opportunity who don't want to speak on race, right? Mm. They might feel like colorblind is the best way. Yeah. Um, at least that way they can get ahead of that problem. Cause it's tough. Yeah. I can't say which one's right. Yeah, and I and I don't know, man. I mean, I we're 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 going with the you know racist BS in that it was invented by some dude that you know a couple of dudes three hundred years or four hundred years ago. Um, there's there are ethnicities and there are you know sexes and and gender. The same thing with gender. Gender is a social construct as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's just like these things that are, are invented, but they do have real consequences in the real world. Yeah. And so you know there is there is 
not every, not, you know, this might get me canceled. Not every cop that arrests a black man is racist. That does not mean that we don't have systemic racism in the police force across the country. That doesn't yeah. negate, one does not negate the other. And so I, I think like just balancing, uh, you know, the, the history of, of where we have been um, and not, not necessarily, I mean, you make it appropriate for children, but don't dumb it down. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. you know, because I had no idea about any of this race stuff. None uh. of it. Not one. I knew that, uh, you know, Martin Luther King was a really good man and everything was, everything was fixed when he, um, he marched <laughs> on Selma. Like that was it. Yeah. And now we're, see, we had a black president. So, I mean, like, you know, it's great. Look, we had to, you know. You see, um, but look, what you miss, Rich, <laughs> we had not, we had yet to have a black man on The Bachelor. And now we do. Now race is Oh, we over. do? We, we have it? it? Yeah. Our oh, first wow. black bachelor was oh, this nice. year. Look oh, at man. that. I bet, I bet it's going to blow up ratings. Oh, yes. <laughs> I bet it's going to blow up ratings for sure. And we start, we got, do, is there any, any black women on The Bachelorette? Is that the next step? Oh, probably. Yeah. That's uh, the next this, step. Yeah. Once this season ends, most likely. Mm. Okay. 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 That's cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hollywood, you know, they, they're finally doing their part. Um, but yeah, when there's know, enormous social pressure, they, they, they're like, yeah, we too, me too. <laughs> we can make money here. Dude. Oh, oh, we should be jumping in on this. But, you know, I think what's really interesting too about my dad is you have this thought process that race comes with an intellectual capacity or cap right yeah and my dad mm. went to texas at the time where it's at the height you know he's an engineer he's always been um really 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 bright you know you know the the, the people that are so bright that when you speak to them you not only feel dumb you feel like they're not even in the room with you like, they're just they're just in a different plane okay. and and that's just that's just the kind of guy he is so it's Awesome. I, he he is he's not only dealt with being black, but he's also dealt with being maybe the smartest person in the room and yeah. black. Yeah. And that is that that's that a is a hard thing to do. Yeah, that's a different level, man. That's a different level. Wow, that's awesome. He's he is much that way. I mean, this man started a he started a tech company for an industry that didn't even exist yet. So <laughs> what? Like. Yeah, uh, so you got uh, basically called CMDB, and it's basically the process of change. So if I change, like what my dad did on the boat, mm -hmm. if he made a change, it might impact something else. So yeah. you you might want to be able to predict that and know yeah. that before you make the change. So my dad started building this company back in the 90s, early 2000s. And it wasn't even an industry. And now that whole industry has a name and it's called CMDB. But when he did it, it was whatever he was making. Wow, <laughs> like, man. Like it didn't well, have a name. That's awesome. We'll have some, we'll have to talk about that. Cause I'm a, I'm an ITIL certified guy. So, um, I, and also a change analyst. So I just go. had a meeting yesterday with the CMDB team and, uh, that's so fascinating, man. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible, that, man. That's, incredible. that's perfect. See, that's why we're such a good balance. You can have that conversation <laughs> because I will be over here like, you know, I really don't know how any of this IT stuff works. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I actually worked for my dad for a while. That was um, that was tough, tough for okay. me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the, I, I wasn't qualified for one. Okay. Uh, so nepotism is real, and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I have taken advantage of that. Um, I, I it probably should have gone to someone mm. more qualified with more merit. Mm. Right. That's oh, the, okay. the whole thing. Okay. But. Um, Let's just say not only was I not qualified, I also like took work home with me and had complaints with the boss. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. know how it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to you, man. And I, and I, uh, anything that you, uh, are you curious about that you, any burning questions that you want me to ask him that I, maybe you couldn't Ooh. ask him? <laughs> 
Man, well, honestly, Rich, like we have a really good dynamic and you ask amazing questions every time. So I already trust your your, your instinct. You're going to ask some good ones. Oh, man. Uh, from, from my standpoint, my biggest thing is trying to not fall into the too much of the family like yeah. yeah, like I, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm excited, yeah. but I'm so nervous. I am so <laughs> okay. nervous. Okay. Um, one, okay, let's put it this way: I'm a mama's boy, so we mm. had mom on. I was yeah. super comfortable there. Like, oh, okay. okay, I'm in my element. Um, having my dad on, he's so unpredictable. Okay, because <laughs> he's I love it. what's hard for me to grab. What, what's hard for me to wrap my head around is my dad has charisma. Mm. You just never know where it's gonna come because he's also this analytical robot. So it's okay. like. Which which one we get today? You know, okay. I, I have no clue because this okay. dude can work a room mm-hmm. at the same time, put the room to sleep. So mm. okay. <laughs> you'll have a, in the same presentation, you'll be like, wow, this is great. I'm learning so much. And then next thing you know, you're on slide 622. <laughs> and you're like, where did this go wrong? I think it was slide 400. 400 mm. was the one that lost me. I was mm-hmm. good until then. <laughs> So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. You're listening to the Imperfect Allies podcast. That was our sneak peek of a candid episode. To hear the full thing, join us over at Patreon at Allies Imperfect. Now let's hop into the interview. I think I know what the problem is. What is it? I okay. am downloading a Zoom presentation. So I did a, a presentation in October that I never converted. So it's mm-hmm. converting and it is gobbling up all my disk space. So all my apps are dying because I'm running out of disk space. Oh, and gosh, so apparently yeah. for this to record me, it must use some disk space on my computer and then before it does it to y'all. Correct. I wouldn't do it that way if I was them, but <laughs> hey, I didn't write this off. <laughs> I love it. That is a fantastic introdu- introduction. I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I'm so excited to to have on the show Peter Beasley. Welcome to the show, Mr. Beasley. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Richie. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. Um, so we had some technical difficulties. We worked out, we worked them out, and, and figured it out. Um, so uh, yeah, just great to have you on the show. Uh, the the first sort of question that we ask is is uh, sort of a cosmic question: is like, how did you get here? What 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 happened up to your life to this point that brought you here? Tell us about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that brought me here in COVID in 2021 from. Mm-hmm. Being born, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. How yep. much time do have? Like two minutes. Time? Good, a good two, solid oh, two. two minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, only only fifteen slides on this presentation, Dad. Only <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> That's an inside joke. That's an inside joke. Mm-hmm. He yeah. let me in on that. That's great. Yeah. He let me in on that. I don't know. Yeah, I've uh, been blessed. I've had this uh, wonderful opportunity. We get. I don't know, 90 years on the planet, 100 in a good day. You know, a lot of people Mm. get 20 and 40 and 60 and whatever. So my little run and you don't get to pick where you were born and you don't get to pick your parents. So I got born in America. I got two wonderful parents, a loving father Mm. and a loving mother and stable family. Lived in Alaska, Sacramento, California, London, England. Went to high school in San Antonio, Texas. Was in the Boy Scouts until I went to college. Went to UT Austin, electrical engineering. Came out of college at a time that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, post-affirmative action, not really still in it, but I had eight job offers in my field, which, you know, it's hard to get a job in your field. And I had eight yeah. job offers in my field, so I could pick what I wanted to do. Uh, worked for an oil company, Mobile Oil, 
And the reason I picked working with them is because uh, it offered this one work lifestyle of working on the ship for two months, two months on, one month cool. off, two months on, one month off. So in my early 20s, I uh, got to travel the world. My first trip was to Athens, Greece and got off in Aberdeen, Scotland, got back on in <laughs> Southampton, England, got off in Cameroon, got on in Sierra Leone. So I've been all over Africa, far, awesome. far East Asia, did that for three and a half years, uh, came off the ship, uh, moved to Dallas, got married, had a wonderful young baby boy, you know, <laughs> yeah. so had a son, had the yeah. uh, proverbial divorce of, mm. of seven years in divorce court. That's a whole nother story that helped okay. bring me to where I am. It okay. built some yeah. things in me that I didn't know I had. And then, uh, then uh, still um, uh, electrical engineer kind of mar morphed into IT, uh, been in IT for 20 some plus years, 30 something plus years now probably. And, but was always a manager. I was never an engineer or developer or cybersecurity mm. person. I was always a supervisor, manager, director, yeah. uh, CTO. So I've always managed technology and managed those people. Mm. Uh, but this funny thing started happening as time went on. It's called getting older. <laughs> and as I moved up, uh, there were fewer seats at the top for people that looked like me or people yeah. that were, you know, let's say smart. How about that? Or unconnected. Sure. Or, you know, for whatever reason, when the music stopped, I didn't have a seat again, have to get another job. Mm. The little gaps between jobs started getting longer. So I finally figured out, well, it's not me. It's <laughs> them. So yeah. how about if I start my own company and if I have to fire me here, then it's me. They do this. In 03, I started a software company. Some kind of way, I ended up firing everybody there. <laughs> Didn't quite, that's not quite true, but almost. But uh, so I still have my software company, uh, uh, NetWatt Solutions. So that's the whole ga gamut of venture funding, going from zero people, no product, no revenue, no nothing, to finally have a prototype, to you have a beta customer, to a real customer, to a part-time employee, to a real wow. employee, to an ex-employee, to a hated employee, <laughs> to loved employee, to two loved employees, okay, we're getting somewhere, to three customers, to all that kind of stuff. And then you get sued, then you have to sue somebody, it's just you're in business. So you do all of that, did that, been doing that, but... Lately, uh, kind of found myself leading uh, actually now two nonprofits. I uh, lead Blacks United in leading technology. It's a nonprofit, international nonprofit. Uh, we have 8,200 members internationally. Um, I lead the North Texas Chapter 2, which is 2,400 people, which is uh, Dallas centric. Uh, we help people get into tech, training, um, social justice. We take sponsor dollars from corporations and it's great timing, great, you know, I, God's blessed me to be at the right place at the right time. Now, I've had some, you know, not being at the right place at the <laughs> you know, I've been carjacked at gunpoint and, you know, all kind of life experience. I've had a, I've had a wonderful, full life. God's good. Was that too yeah. much? No, that's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, one thing we always just want to know, so you gave us a, a good rundown of your life and who you are. Um, so I'm curious, as you've gone through this experience, you know, what what labels do you identify as? You know, that's such an open question. Mm -hmm. And my initial answer, and I'm a little bit of a contrarian uh, thinker, and, you know, I kind of look at stuff critically, a little uh, engineering me, black and white, on and off, ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. I do that well. Purples, grays, chartreuse. 
I start to struggle. And so my first response is I don't label myself. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do that. I don't, I don't choose to live my life under a label or try to make it fit under what you think a label is or what the world says labels should be. I am who I am. I am how I are. And, uh, and so uh, I, you know, I've, you know, the labels and what's in vogue comes and goes and, you know, the, the DSM-5 book, whatever that book is of personality disorders, you know, they mm-hmm. add stuff to that. So, you know, we're <laughs> all going to be in there one day. So, yeah. you know, whatever label it is today, it'll change. And so I would almost say I'm label agnostic. I'm sure I fit into whatever some of you think the right or wrong labels are. And if you threw some out, like, yeah, that's probably me. And okay, that one's me too. But I don't try to characterize myself. You know, I, I do believe I am an INTJ. So I do, I did do the Myers-Briggs thing. I think that's, I've taken enough time that that, that kind of fits me, but I don't, you know, walk around, hey, I'm an INTJ. What are you? <laughs> You're in the wrong bucket. You know? you know, we're all who we are. We're all made on purpose by the good Lord. And so, so, but, you know, I, I do know my son is, uh, is big into, you know, labels and, and different genres of how you can slice people up and work with that. I probably should be better at that. I am too focused on nerdy stuff and the project and the connector that works right or the patent and, oh, feelings, huh? Or why you know, it's just all these things catch me off guard because I don't focus on that. I don't worry about it. You know, live right, do good. Generally, that'll work out. You know, I mean, there's the haters out there and the people that, I mean, I people can't figure me out. So that, that could be a label, misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't try to fit in a box. I can even remember Chris explaining on Facebook, you have to present a certain way. You have to show that you're making it and you're, you know, nobody puts generally, you know, all the truth out there or things that aren't going well. I It's true, though. So not not that I'm a Facebook Facebook person, but I'm I'm pretty I'm too transparent often. I mm. am too open sometimes. That's your that's your label. I'm too open. Uh, well, that's I mean that's really interesting. I, and, and the more and more that I I met you now for maybe t- fifteen minutes, <laughs> and the more and more Chris told me we talked about a half an hour show just kind of just talking about what we want to talk about. We there's so many there's a lot of we have a, a lot of similarities. <laughs> <laughs> that's really really interesting to me um so i mean what do you what do you do with all those labels i mean it sounds like you like i don't that doesn't really fit me i mean how do you respond in a to a culture that's full of full of these labels kind of just cut through it and not get bogged down with it it's not my not my baggage i can uh i can remember early on in my professional career so you know being black and in a fairly white dominated tech field, if not professional upper upper level um, jobs. Again, I'm on a ship off the coast of Africa and you know, there are three black people on a ship of forty people, you know, and I'm the lead electrical engineer. I'm like third in charge, you know, I'm pretty I'm very high up on that ship in that little bubble. Um, and another, uh, uh, black employee, uh, in Dallas, he told me I was perfect. You're perfect, Peter. You don't even recognize all the shit that people do to us and you and the little slights. In fact, mm. the lady recently told me 
So I'm flipping stories. Venture funding. I was venture funding six, eight years ago in front of a billionaire. And one of the questions he asked me was, was my grandparents, were my grandparents slaves? And I'm, you know, this is, you know, 20, you know, nine or somewhere in there. It's like, huh? And I'm sitting there doing the math of trying to figure out, okay, when did slavery end? And I, I couldn't figure it out. I actually did not know the answer. So I, I said, I don't think so. Then he said, do you think you, your great-grandparents were slaves? And I says, you know, I don't know. My grandparents, I said, I know they were. I did know that one. And then he asked my great-grandparents. I said, I don't know. Let me do the math. I said, but somebody was. I'm sure somebody was because, you know, I don't get it. And so this lady is just telling me three weeks ago, you know, that was a microaggression. Like, it was a what? I don't, I mean, okay, there's a label. For, I don't, I, all I was confused. All I know is confuse the f up. Like I don't, I don't get why you're asking me this. What about my product, my patents, and my customers? And so, back in my earlier career, this guy was telling me you're perfect because you don't see these things. And so I just sailed straight on up into, you know, management because I didn't yeah. bog with what down, you know, somebody said and why did they say it and what do they mean by? It. I was just like, I don't get it. Make it. That was stupid. Like he's a billionaire. He's an idiot. And I just, you know, kept on moving Go on. on. However, uh, I have learned a better answer than Good. how I Hell yeah, I'm still a slave. You know, that's what <laughs> There we go, Dad. Now you're learning. I finally got funded. They didn't they didn't fund me. Like, hell yeah, I'm a slave. They were, I'm a slave too. You know, so but Well, and now we do know uh Anthony Beasley, your great grandfather, actually fought in the Civil War. Like so like it is beneficial to know these things. Maybe some rich white dude's gonna give you a bunch of money for it, um, but that's not how you want to earn it. You wanted to earn it for your product, for your patent. Sure. But um, it, it's this weird dichotomy that you have to you have to balance both, right? It's like people see you as this label, even though you don't even notice it. Um, but it is a superpower also to ignore it because how many people do get bogged down with the label and with the microaggressions, which if we're being honest, the first word tells you how big the aggression is. Like the, the prefix of microaggression tells you it's not the biggest thing in the world, right? You can push past a microaggression. And dad, you're a perfect example of someone that did not get held back by them. And so, I, you know, I think that should be celebrated, even though you might have missed out on some money. Uh, but. Well, I missed out on a lot of things, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm, I hate to tell you, I'm not even going to remember that there is a first word to, I'm like, okay, whatever he said. Somebody said something about you can analyze what they said and how powerful. I'm not going to remember that after, you know, a minute after this call, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't, I don't focus on that. And I, I do, it does hurt me because you can react to some of those things better. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, just kind of try to rely on technical prowess or ethics or morality and a lot of these other things that in some cases, you know, that's, you know, finessing the other party or mm. outwitting them or, you know, carving, you know, getting, putting them in a position where they can't do X to you is much more yeah. important than the better mousetrap, you know? So I'm sure it has affected me, but I think the opposite is true or the, you know, I've gotten past a lot of things not worrying about it. So Mr. Beasley, it's really interesting to me because it sounds like, it sounds like, I wonder if, I wonder if more people think that way. I wonder if there's more people like that, you know, that, that, that would get like, say if they're, if they were white, for instance, 
and just didn't pay like they just didn't come into their brain to talk about these things or about these labels if they would come across a particular way and and you know i don't know i mean is that do you think it's do you think that's part of what we're seeing with and, and kind of what's happening socially all over the country uh, about people not having labels or seeing labels yeah yeah and then and then kind of being confronted well like you're not paying you know whatever uh white person being called a racist or whatever else and and because they're they're maybe not paying attention to the language that's out there or microaggressions or things like that they don't even you know they just kind of similar what you're talking I, I, about i think it's the opposite that people are overly focused mm. on that and so they're okay. looking to put you in a box and call you a racist or say mm-hmm. you are mm. this or that when somebody just misspoke or had a brain fart at that moment. Yeah. I don't know. And so people can right. be unfairly put in boxes that they don't need to be in or didn't sure. intend to be in or growing past or can get through. But other people yeah. know for sure, you know, you are that and we know you're that because this mm. looks like that and that's what you did. So that's what you are. I'm, mm-hmm. I know that's what those labels are and that's what you just did. So you are there for that. And I think that's more of yeah. what we have and why there are more problems because people do label each other and they have perceptions of what a label is and what a bigot is and what a racist is, mm-hmm. what, a, what, you know, what yeah, you should do, sure. and what you shouldn't do. And, and so you get put somewhere. But I think it's more of that. And mm-hmm. there's not that many of us that, try to just cut through that like you know but what did you do to me you haven't done anything to me why do i care Mm. what people say you are i mean you did grow up in the south or you did grow up in a black community that's probably true but the way you have interacted with me is all cool you have not done me wrong or dirty or slighted me right so you're fine by me i don't need to just call you this just because of the color of your skin or where you grew up or dialect of your mm-hmm. your voice or your last name you know so that's that's what i would say right well, okay. so with with your unique point of view around this i'm curious how have you interacted in black spaces where these ideas are like pushed where black is a thing and you know now you're a leader of a black organization how have you um like have you felt different have you felt slighted what has your experience been just in those black spaces well so i'll you know first go back it's not just in black spaces it's in spaces so uh, i grew up in a white environment and it was all cool mm-hmm. when i was when i was a cute little sixth grader but as you get bigger and you know i don't know people fighting for women or money or power or position or grades or something i don't know it becomes competitive at some point and if you are succeeding over others you know people want to hold you back and do things and so it was uh probably my freshman year at college in ut is when i first noticed oh this race thing there's something there's something going on here i, I I might have noticed it my senior year in high school. That's when I first noticed mm. some polarization. I was okay. in San Antonio, so the Hispanics are over here, the black people are over here, the white people are here. Mm-hmm. I I was I could socialize in all of those groups, and I would say I was yeah. never a part of any, but I was allowed and permitted and in all of them, but never really completely embraced or comfortable. So that that started earlier, and then when I got to UT Austin. There was this, no, you can't be over here. And I don't feel comfortable over here anymore. I mean, the race jokes, you know. Some, you know, my two friends are cool, but they got another friend, you know, telling jokes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my two friends, one of them is laughing as hard as the guy that told it. And the other one's like, ooh, that wasn't cool. I'm like, like, that wasn't cool Mm -hmm. at all. 
And so, so, um, so that's, that started happening. Wow. So then I literally exempted myself from that culture and kind of moving more to Hispanic culture because I was more familiar with that from San Antonio. And after enough beers and La Raza night and like, why are you still here? Like, why, why haven't you left? It was cool earlier when you hanging out with us, but it's now time for you to go. And so let me me go over to the black people, I guess. Let me hang out with that group. Same problem. You know, you don't talk black. You don't sound black. You don't, you don't Mm. know all of the culture and the lingo. And I didn't. So, so to your point, Chris, you know, that was, that was hurtful and hard. You know, the others, I don't know. I, I don't know how much it hurt. It just seems stupid. It's like, but we're friends and we're cool. And that's not smart telling those kind of jokes. That's just not cool. It didn't really hurt. You know, you're stupid. You're an idiot. You grew up poorly. You don't know. That's Mm -hmm. not cool. It won't be cool one day. That didn't hurt me. But being in the black community and not being embraced, that hurt. That hurt. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to be in this community. I mean, I'm firmly well into it. And then, though, even more to your point, that as I continue to rise above, lead, be in charge of, own, you know, be published, be, you know, have, pat- have patents and, yeah. you know, haters and, mm-hmm. you know, backstabbers yeah. and, and they're, they're yeah. black and, you know, people I've helped and, undermining and I'm like what you know literally you know people I've hired and you know made exceptions for and you know did me dirty you know wow. um I, I I find something interesting you said that you had to learn how to be in the black community in the black spaces a little bit and I think one thing that people forget and we've talked about this in other episodes is how much learning, regardless of what you think you're, you fit a label or not, how much it requires you to walk into a space with the knowledge that you need to learn something to, to be able to work in that space. So I'm curious, what are some things that you learned that improved your ability to be in those spaces? Because we have imperfect allies who might want to step in black spaces, but they feel different. They feel other and they haven't figured out how to learn what it's like to operate in those spaces. So what are some things that you might've learned? Um, what are some, well, first I studied, you know, so I had to read some books hmm. and, you know, I didn't know yeah. there's discrimination within the black community of light skin, dark skin, your hair color, where you were born, you know, what, what tribe, what, what are you repping? You know, and that's probably just, you know, the Bronx versus Brooklyn, you know, so some of that's just normal stuff. But again, I, I didn't focus on any of that. So I just thought it was hilarious. It's like, are you kidding me? And it's true though. Yeah. It's, 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 it's you know, crazily true. You know, it's, Sad to me that, you know, black women, you know, say, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, who said that? Who, who, y'all are beautiful. Who, who, who get that out of your head? But mm-hmm. it's believed, you know, and like, that's crazy. And then you have to finally, like, okay, I guess that's true. You know, it's like, you know, or you can't dispel that myth or you can't talk this lady out of that because that's just ingrained. And it's like, so it's, you have to understand that and not, Mm-hmm. not uh, be flippant to it or misunderstand it. I I, I don't agree. Really I think point, black though. women are the bomb and all sure. women are the bomb. You know, I wouldn't put one <laughs> over the other, but society does put black people down and I, you know, can put black women down and on and on and on. So, so first just studying. And then, um, I don't, I don't think it was intentional, but, um, 
I have lived a life of openness. And so uh, some of my, before I got married, before I, uh, before I met your mom, is your mom going to listen? Yeah, let me thank you. So, you know, but uh, so I would have... Yeah, his his mom is a patron supporter. Just to let you know, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Okay, if you want to... well, listen up. My ex-wife, you know, so my ex-wife. That's right. I would have uh, parties at my house uh, earlier on in life, and so I was I was in Ebony Magazine some years ago, and again I had wow. Seven Series BMW, you know, and you know, early on in life, you know, I remember yeah. another yeah. Uh, guy. He's like, you know, these. I got a three series. I was gonna get a five and then a seven. You got a seven first, like, dude. You, you know, you got a house. You got a, you know, all these things were no big deal to me, and I don't, I didn't covet on them or anything like that. But um, the thing that I started noticing was. Um, I needed to um, just accept the reality of where I was. And when I would have these parties, people would come over and they'd be shocked that there would be common people or, or uh, I say common to uh, different, different tax different brackets. Let me just start it that way too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To there you go. Yeah. people without jobs. You know, everybody assumed they're all going to be a church mm-hmm. and all, you know, at a certain economic level. And that, that is, that is not me in no kind of way. And so I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not afraid of people like that. I mean, I, I can, you know, be afraid of, you know, some places, but I'm, quite willing to interact with a lot of people at a lot of different levels in ways that people wouldn't That's true. have expected me to be that way. Chris can even like, Ooh, dad, no, no. Like it's, it's Chris. It's okay. I'd be like, dad, um, you in places for like, like young, wild, like real ratchet hood spots. And he's like, no, this, this place is great. They got good music, <laughs> good food, good people. Like, All right. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you're able to navigate that now better. I mean, is one one thing you said that was really, I thought, poignant uh, is that when when you started to enter black spaces and learn about, you know, what the culture was, or you know, whatever those things that we talked you talked about, that you said uh, not to be flippant. And I think that's a big problem with the national discussion. Is there's like uh, somebody says this is this is in my experience or this is what I believe. People are flippant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I, I just admire that that like you took it seriously, and you know, and 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 I think that's where a lot of allies are are landing is like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with some of the things that this this whatever this group is posits, but I do want to show some level of respect that you and you know that that you believe that and, yeah. and that you operate from that place. Um, that 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 to me was just really well, poignant. Thank you. Thank you, Richie. It was, it was more, uh, <laughs> you know, I learned to not uh, show that and, in, and indifference that I did not intend. I was not indifferent. Mm. It is mostly I don't understand. Right. It doesn't make sense to me, but it is completely their reality is how they feel. And so I would just like, OK, whatever, you know, to whatever that was. Not that I am yeah. indifferent. I don't understand. And it's the, that I don't operate in the in focusing on that. Let's elevate it away from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But that's where that person is. And that's what they believe. And that's how they feel. And I had to learn to respect that. 
Not that I disrespected. I don't mm-hmm. think I was disrespected. I just don't see it that way. It, kind of it came off that way. Came off it came off way. indifferent. I I majorly oh, get, okay. as I said, misunderstood because I come off that way when I just don't operate that way. Let me let me be me. You know, how come I have to mm-hmm. you know, be attentive to you like that and how you are and where you are? What about me? I mean, I'm aloof. You be aloof with me. How, how come yeah. I have to be all feely with you? I'm okay if you're not aloof. You can be in your feelings. I, that's okay. Get your feelings on, but don't be mad at me that I'm not all feely with you. I'm okay that you're not all strict, and you know you can be you. I let you be you, but I've learned that no works the other you. way. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think uh, I think we've cool. walked away with that. <laughs> Well, and that's that's the individual meeting the collective, right? And if I mean that's it, that's yeah. it. And 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 I think we all, I mean, I think that's a very human experience across across whatever population you know we want to have a label for or whatever. Free, open dialogue, authentic, vulnerable conversations is what we're all about here. As we feel like that's the best way to move our country forward. Um, but I'm curious, just from the career standpoint of what you're doing at Built and these other organizations, what are some things that allies can do to help improve things that you're working on, like Built? And what are, what are things that maybe our listeners could yeah. do to help? So uh, Built Blacks United in Leading Technology. So we have the mission to increase the representation and participation of Black people in tech. That means uh, getting into the tech field, getting jobs, getting hired, uh, getting hired in better positions than the lower level positions, uh, getting promoted, uh, getting yeah. certs, getting uh, education, getting the plum projects, getting promotions. Uh, then if you choose to start a company, getting venture funding, getting people to buy your products that, you know, racism exists wow. when you start selling, you know, it's like, you know, they don't want to buy from you or you can't get on the vendor list. So it's, it's, mm. it's across the gamut of, of the tech field, just like uh, American society. So, so uh, that's our mission, and allies can help in many, many ways. So one, join. So twenty five percent. I think I just did a did a statistic. It's a little less than twenty five percent. I think it's nineteen to twenty two percent of Blacks United in leading technology are not black. So you don't have to be black to be in the group. And so, oh wow. You know, we oh wow, okay, we're on, great. We're on meetup.com, and every now and then you get, you know, a white person like, Who do you guys think you are? This last thing we need is, you know, a black group, black, you know, like, really, dude, get over it. You know, it's just, you know, there's there's Asian groups, there's Latinx groups, it's <laughs> like, whatever, us. there's transgender groups, like, yeah, and there's big Jewish people groups. in it, and there's, you know, all kind of groups. Stop that, you know, and so it, you know, you don't have to join. So that's one thing, join. Um, um, join. I love it. Enjoying, you know, mingle, get to know, you know, I think a lot of what you all are doing and what the world needs to do is just talk to each other and be around each other and learn that many levels, people have a lot of the same desires, you know, have a life, be happy, your kids do well, you know, a lot of things are, you know, basically the same. And so, you know, you just have these, Mm -hmm. these labels and these fears that you know people may or may not be so join and mingle and get to know attend our groups our events serve serve in positions of leadership join a committee uh, of course you can donate money you can uh sponsor us and so a lot of a lot of allies you know corporations sponsor events they speak at our our meetings they 
um, buy door prizes, they train us scholarships, so giving scholarship certifications to um, scholarships for membership. So some of our members can't afford $45 a year in dues. So some corporate sponsors will buy memberships for people that can't afford memberships. Some buy memberships for their black employees. Some buy memberships for their employees. Whoever wants to join, built their employer will mm -hmm. pay for that. That's so awesome. we were just talking to one of those the other day. And so, That's awesome. so there's a lot of ways that uh, allies can help. Um, and uh, starts often at the top. It doesn't have to be at the top, but it's great. And we're seeing more and more of that of boards and CEOs and the C-suite with a definite commitment to make a change within their company or in their communities and even across society. So, so those those are ways that those are specific. You can, uh, I mean, I can give you the phone number. I can give you the website and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead, plug. Yeah. Please plug away. Tell tell our listeners. Where uh, can, our where can website is built b u i l t. That's it's in building something international dot com built international dot com. And so uh, we're there. We're on LinkedIn. Also, we have a LinkedIn group. We have some Facebook groups that aren't very well populated, but we have we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on meetup.com, meetup the meetup.com, the pro meetup.com platform is where we are. We have 24 chapters across okay. uh, the country and internationally. So um, there's that. Uh, the phone number, uh, it's an 844, let's see, 844-442-8458, I'm pretty sure. Or you can call me, which okay. is 972-365-1170. I'm chairman of the board. I'm an executive director of an uh, mm -hmm. organization too. So I'm, I'm uh, overly employed. Uh, I work days, nights, weekends, all the time. So passionate is such a joy to help give back. I wish I wish we were here when I was, you know, coming up uh, in venture funding. I found the three partners that I'm presenting to the three, four, you know, venture partners, and they started getting younger. There'd be the college whiz kids that were, you know, there too, but there'd be the older guy. I would overlook the namesake of the venture firm. He's there and he's got his other protégés or people coming up and they're like, oh, this is great. The CMDB? Oh, great. Oh, you've got patents? <laughs> Customers? Oh, yeah. you have revenue. Mm -hmm. Oh, the other guy is like, just stuck on slide one. I'm on slide seven. And he's still, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking he's an idiot. Like, who's that guy? They need to retire him. He's the owner. The money is his. Yeah. Yeah. He cannot mm. fathom, and something is just not. He doesn't see black men coming with the product company, talking about a CMDB, competing with IBM, Computer Associates, and BMC. It's like, what? It's like, am I missing something there? There, I get it now. I didn't get it. And I would just like ignore him. And because the other people are doing all this great stuff and asking me questions and he's on slide one and then we get done. He says, so what do you do again? I'm like, what? What? And then I get the letter of, you know, we're going to pass. And then I learned that on slide three, like, Bob, you know, can I help you? We're on slide three. You're still <laughs> looking stupid. You know, I can't call you that, but, you know, but mm -hmm. I learned to, you know, he, he can't, it's, he can't figure it out either. He is confused as hell. He's like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You know, anyway. And uh, well, I, I think it's also important to highlight, you know, for our, our listeners, you know, there's stories very similar to this, like the banker, which is out on Apple TV, which is a story about um, the banker is a story about black guys who had to get a white guy to be their face so that they could buy real estate. 
And it was very interesting that, you know, that was the reality they had to operate in. But that was, you know, in the 70s and in the 80s. But here you are, dad, having to do the same exact thing. Right. What could you imagine if you went into that venture funding and you had Michael Gordon as the face of the company? If you had if you had a, a white peer fake it and be your how do you think those uh, I same got interactions funded, without a doubt? Oh. But but when you say you describe the banker or the real estate people that they had to get a white face. That was a choice. They did not have to. That was that was told to me. You know, why don't you get some white salespeople? Why don't you get a white CEO? Why don't I? Like, I'm not doing that. I I refuse to discriminate against mm. myself and other black people who might want to be mm. my salesperson just because you think that that's how. You know, that's probably true. I could have made a lot more money that way. I just refuse to do that. I'm not going to. I mean, that's discriminating against myself. That's perpetuating that myth. And, you know, so because of me, you know, uh, Mm. so uh, at Built, uh, we had the CISO, Chief Information Security Officer of Dallas County, speak um, three times and just recently. And he's black. I met him at Metro PCS. I was they bought my CMDB product. So there I am coming back and forth over time. And so he, this was 06, 07, 08. Metro PCS was my customer. And so here he is, when years later, he is the chief information security officer of Dallas County. And he's speaking to Bill and you know, our audience. He says, mm-hmm. Peter, you might not know it, but I had never seen a black man show up who owns the software company with an enterprise software product that we <laughs> Come on. You drove a seven series BMW. You're like, whatever. It was just a car. He says, no, you don't know how much <laughs> me and Terry Houston and all of us talked about you. You were, you were wow. that. I'm like, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. So again, if I had a white CEO that mm. walked in, Michael, I'm not going to go as far as he might not be the chief information security officer. It's just like, you know, we need to stop that. If you ask me. I, you know, if that's what someone chooses to do, that's their choice. And I can't, you know, run their life. I'm not going to tell them, you know, this or that, but I personally chose not to do that. I was presented to me to, nah, I'm going to do that. And so I try, I try to hire some people even to be the CEO of my company and some happen to be white and I, we didn't match. I didn't get to hire them. And so, you know, I, I wasn't opposed to it, but I wasn't going to absolutely do it just because I can't be that fake. I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah, I respect that for sure. Wow, wow. Uh, well, well, we've been talking this... a bit, so we've, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, this has been great. This has been great. And, and, and we'd love to have you back. And I want to talk more about Chris and what it was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to hear some stories. We didn't get any Chris stories. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but but I, uh, yeah, I think this yeah, was a, go ahead. yeah, I think this was a phenomenal conversation, Dad. I think one thing it, it did help me, you know, see, see how you have maneuvered these things and mm-hmm. the choices you have made. And I think our listeners have been delighted by this conversation for sure. I mean, Richie, absolutely. Richie's definitely taken so much away from this. And so mm-hmm. thank you, Dad, for that. That's been amazing, amazing well, conversation. They say, you know, stuff's on the internet is going to be there forever. So I hope, I hope, uh, hope it went well. And I would like to, uh, you know, hang out with you all some more. <laughs> and it's good getting to know you, Richie. And, um, yeah, I would, I would. I'd like to understand yeah, a little bit more about you, and you know the the title "Imperfect Allies." You know, and Chris talked about how you happened to meet mm-hmm. and everything, and 
you are are both quite different and i think that's mm -hmm. way cool and it says a lot about society and you both yeah. you both as men and individuals and yeah i'd like to learn and get to know you better too i i do know chris pretty well but he amazes me he is a good young man he, he is an mm -hmm. excellent human being yeah. and a man and a husband and uh, hopefully he's going to take care of his old man when i'm you know can't move around and need to pull up my diapers you know <laughs> I did that with my oh, dad. That was, that's what it was like. Oh, go. but yeah, pull them up, pull them up. All right. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, we need you here a, a lot longer, so I don't have to do that. Um, so <laughs> keep rocking with us. But we're so thankful for this conversation. I hope our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this as well. Patreon subscribers, you got to watch this live. This has been such a great conversation. You can join us in the conversation on Allies Imperfect, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can also mm. become a patron mm. yourself and really, <laughs> really grow because what we're trying to do is we want to have vulnerable, open, authentic conversation with people of different walks of life and marginalized groups, and you can help that be the norm of America. Let's do this, Imperfect Allies. Let's grow. So thank you all so much. We end every show with a peace. So peace. 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 All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Imperfect Allies. This is Chris. I just wanted to let you know that we will be recording our shows live each Friday for our Patreon subscribers. Join in and ask the guests your imperfect questions. Become part of the show. As always, reach out to us on all social media platforms at Allies Imperfect. All right, back to the show. So, Chris, I don't know if we're just amazing at booking guests or we know a bunch of amazing people, man. But just what a pleasure to talk to your dad, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely went better than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that was a great conversation. And I, I really, what I love about this podcast, because we've talked to two people that I grew up with back to back. Mm -hmm. And every time I get to see them in a different light. And, mm. and I don't know that going in. Uh, but oh, okay. I come out of it and it's like, wow, this person is amazing. And you just, it's hard to see people in real time and see how amazing they are. Mm -hmm. But when you step back in a medium like this podcast and we, we are really just having vulnerable, open conversations about people's lives, you just see just genuine, authentic, just amazing people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And that, that, I think you're, I think you're onto it. I, I mean, I think that, that more people, the more people are amazing than we give when we think. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the more people we talk to, um, as our circle gets wider and wider, as our listeners, we get, get more listeners and get more access to, to more and more people. I think we're going to find pretty similar things. Um, and, uh, man, I just, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> About that, to be honest with you, man. Uh, the, I mean, I guess kind of going backwards. Mm. I mean, you know, admiring him. I mean, the the having the option to put a white person in front of you so you can get the money you need to do what you know you need to do and you're good at and you're the you know best at. Uh, not, I don't want to judge people that have done that because I know it's a game. Like you got some people have to play that game. I, I'm not yeah. trying to put that down. Um, I am just blown away by him saying. I'm not going to do that. And the result of that was the impact to the community that it was. Mm, that people yeah. were like, if he can do it, if he can do it, okay, mm. let's do it. And I mean, golly, <laughs> like that. And he just dropped that out like it was nothing. He's like, oh, it's not last, last little bit. And I'm like, man, that's her, that's hero shit. Like that's yeah. like, 
Boy, howdy. And, and uh, man, I mean, I don't know. That, was... that makes me feel like, like, because I know being so close to how the money will impact you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in that space, it's like, why don't you just get a white man? Like, we need this money. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, there's yeah. been so many times where, and, and this is me working through who I am, but there have been so many times with me just, just telling my dad to change who he is so that mm. we can have this and we could have that. And because you're not, you're hurting us, right? Mm. It's that 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 moment where individualism, I, I manifest it and I'm like, this is better for me. Mm. Who cares about the community, right? Well, one, I didn't even see the community impact like that. I don't yeah. he again my family they don't talk about these things like they don't it's just like mm, yeah, it happened right so it's yeah. just mind blowing to hear that story and now this person is over the Dallas like the county uh, the county the is co- the essentially the, you know running the security for the county I mean and and I think Chris I think it's not just your parents I think I think people I think by and large we don't talk like this mm-hmm. you know and 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 I think that's why this show is and I guess I think that's why this show is important. I'll say that because, uh, and that sounds, I have a real hard time saying that. Uh, cause to me, it sounds like I'm, I'm self aggrandized. Yeah. 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 But you know, I'm, uh, th- that's not it. It's bigger than us. We're, we're, the show, Chris and I serve the show Yeah. <laughs> because what we're able to do, um, because of what we're able to do. I mean, this is, yeah, uh, next level, next level stuff. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people don't. And I, and, and it's, it's so wild to me. People don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is, you know, this force that's, you know, that Martin Luther King talked about that the, the universe bends to justice. There is, there is this thing that's happening and the embody in your father embodied that. And just this one sort of small act, you know, it's, it wasn't even a big deal. Like it wasn't even a big deal to him. He was like, "Eh, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to discriminate against myself. That's crazy. Um, and you know, had such, but, but there is this, I don't know, man, there's this thing, the thing that's happening that we can all, we can all tap into. Um, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like now it sounds like I'm taking away his personal like response. Not that's on. Ah, sorry. Well, <laughs> what, what was what, what blew me away was how much he spoke about personal responsibility, because mm-hmm. the moment I brought up the bank, he was like, hold on, let's 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 be real about their personal responsibility. They made a choice to do that. And yeah. I'm making a personal choice not to do that. Yeah. And I was not expecting that re- response, uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> like one, one amazing thing about your parents. You know, you can't predict them even when you think right. you have it uh, down pat. But, mm. you know, it's that his his impact on the world, because yeah. now this person has impact on the world. It, mm-hmm. And I guess I'm having impact on the world and you're having yeah. impact on the world. It's mm-hmm. just it's it is beautiful. And I do love that about this show, because we are able to highlight these things and share them. And we're learning so much just about the human experience. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful. I, yeah. I this might be the very first episode that I ended up speechless. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the club, buddy. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is where Richie has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are the words? I know, where are the words? Where are the words? <laughs> well, and that may be okay. And, 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 and you know, 
um, I, I think there is a lot that he said that I would I would like to sit with and part and parse through and just um, and because because you know th- there were parts that were challenging and 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 you know he talked about being aloof um, and and at the same time not being dismissive. <laughs> I mean that was that was that that to me that, that there's something there. There's a piece of what we need as a country there. Um, and and uh, there's just a whole there's just a whole bunch and it was it was so interesting for me, Chris, into in real time, see how your encouragement of me, I could just see generationally going one mm. to the other. I'm like, man, oh man. And I'm, and, it, and in some small way, I felt, I felt a part of it uh, or, uh, and, and, and just grateful. I'm like, uh, wow, this is so cool. And, and I think, and I think it's not a unique experience be- in that, like that same phenomena is the same for your wife, my wife, y- you for other people, like, you know, whatever else, like we're going to get my parents on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the same, like you'll see some of the same things, but man, oh man, I, I mean, it just, it, it is so connecting when we are authentic and vulnerable with each other and audio, you know, folks are listening, listening to this, find, find a way to do it. You got, you got, you got to do it. You got to take that, take that leap and you can take it with us. I mean, you can, you can jump on Patreon with us and, and listen to the show live. We take questions. We'll, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll bring you on the show. I don't, doesn't matter to me. I would love to talk to you about it, you know, and people have reached out to us to Twitter, like already this week, we had somebody who's like, Hey, did you mean this? And I, we were able to engage and, 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 and it wasn't, there was no, there was no outrage or defensiveness. It was like, Hey, is this really, ha- are you guys really saying this? Um, so it's just, we got to talk with listeners this week. And, and anyway, so I just, this, this type of thing is, is what's needed. And I, I hope that y'all see the benefit, of, not only the benefit of these conversations, but, um, the, the broader impact that what we can, what we can do as we grow the show. Um, so please just keep talking to each other, listening to one another. Uh, Chris, I mean, man. <laughs> well, I, one thing I'm walking away with, and we reference this book every now and then, it's called Sand Talk. Mm-hmm. And in the book, they talk about yarning with each other. And it's really just talking, right? It's just having these deep, focused conversations, uh, conversations with intent. And mm-hmm. we're we're like being healed by them. Yeah. Like there, there's something to them that we might have been missing from the Aboriginal culture. And and I'm mind blown that that I'm feeling it. And and again, we just talked to my dad, who I talk to often, but but <laughs> yeah. yarning with him was di- like it yeah. was different. It, it's different. It was different. And I, mm. I got so much more from it. And I yeah. can't fathom how someone that I lived my 30 years with, but doing it this way, doing it this way was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. So let's keep doing it. Let's keep, let's keep doing it, Chris. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it keep... would almost be like painful to stop at this point. Like when you <laughs> exactly. get something good, like how do you yeah. pull away? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And I, there was a moment where my dad was talking about um, mm. going into spaces where he, you don't, it almost was as if we expect the response that we're going to get. So we carry ourselves a certain way into that space, but we don't actually know. We we can't control the situation. We don't actually know how someone's going to respond. Mm-hmm. And so I've been personally working through my presentation of things that I bring up, things I talk about in my relationship with my wife. And oftentimes mm-hmm. I will change what I'm going to say or not say something at all solely to control 
the response I'm going to get back as if yep. I know what I'm going to get back. And mm -hmm. I think oftentimes we do this because yep. we're trying to avoid this negative reality that we have, ex that we're expecting to come back to us, but we truly do not know what the response will be. Mm. And so we take the agency out of the other person. We take that from them. They don't even get a, a chance to respond. Honestly, to what we have to say. And so sometimes mm. we walk mm. into these other spaces and we walk into them on eggshells and we present ourselves in an unauthentic way. And what we do is we actually remove the other person's agency to accept us as a person at all. And I, I kind of heard my dad kind of talking Man. about that and sharing that. And it's like, no, just show up. Just, yeah. just give it to them and give them the opportunity to accept you or not. And if they don't, they don't. But you can't automatically curtail it. And and yeah. and that's mm -hmm. on them. And that's on them, Chris. It's on them. Man. I mean, what do you think I mean, what do you think I've been trying to mm. do with comedy my whole life? Wow. Is to control the situation. As long as I can calm it down, if I can, you know, that that's the, that's the I'm not saying that's everybody's technique, you know, everything or every ugh, everybody's you know, origin story with comedy. Yeah. But for me, it was peacemaking. It was peacemaking. So I, I, I know you're going to be mad. I know you're going to be upset. So I'm going to, I'm not going to be my, you know, whatever. I, see, I yeah. mean, that's just. And yours, mine is the opposite. Oof. Mine is I'm going to come at this the right way as if there is one when I could just be myself, right? Mm. I'm going to come at it this mm. way so that you don't lash out yeah. at me. So you don't leave me. So you don't disrespect me so that you fully see me, whatever it is. But at the beginning, I, I wasn't fully seeing myself. Like my dad said, I'm not going to discriminate against myself. Mm -hmm. How many times are we doing that when we approach other people? Oof, boy, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, just show up. Wow. And if, if, it, wow. if it goes bad, it's on them. Just show up. And, and if they don't want to talk. Yeah. If it... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But while my dad was talking, yeah. he was talking about how oblivious he is to microaggression. And it's like a superpower of his. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's also a superpower for many of our listeners to notice microaggression. But we were talking to Stacy mm -hmm. last episode. And he asked a question that I thought was really profound. And um, so, yeah, so I want to play the question he asked. I have a question for y'all or like this concept I think about. And I don't have an answer for it, but it like it drives me a little like crazy when I think about it. It's the whole like I call it the American Idol concept. And we've all seen American Idol. And, you know, in that first person, you know, that first couple episodes where it's mainly people coming in and they're like, you know, my family, I've been performing for them. And then they sing and you're like, why? Why didn't your family tell? you why did they just like like why didn't they give yeah why did they give you honest feedback and sometimes I really wonder like am I ever in that position am I ever the guy that's like I'm doing comedy and my family's like oh good luck man and then they're just waiting for me to but I mean the reason I think about it is you have a dream you have a goal right when do you listen to the feedback maybe some of the it could sound negative it could sound honest when do you take the advice listen to the feedback when do you take experience and say I'm not getting any gigs maybe I should stop and when do you just like dig in and push through knowing that just around the corner might be like a sunnier day or a, a you know greener pasture so yeah as social people all we're doing is sharing and taking feedback right as we interact and 
you know, as black people mm-hmm. in spaces, we right. we notice a lot of negative feedback, right? And if someone has a gift, something that they really want to do, as Stacy asked, like the American Idol syndrome of you're up there, you're, you're being your authentic self, and people are like, who told them they could do that? <laughs> who told them they could be authentic here, right? We, mm-hmm. we see all these opportunities to notice aggressions, to notice things that will silence us and quiet our authentic selves. But one thing that I've been trying to mm. do is notice micro progression, little, little nuggets that you might ignore where people are actually saying, yo, keep doing what you're doing because you're heading somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, and one that is super subtle was we were Mm -hmm. recording with Stacy and Stacy said to us, Hey, I had a meeting that I'm late for, but I was enjoying this conversation so much. That little bit tells us what we're doing. It's, it's striking a chord with him and we need to keep going. And I, I think people, they forget to look for these positive things. And we've gotten so good at looking at microaggressions. And I think that there's benefit to it. But to that individual locus of control, I I just think for our imperfect allies to be healthy, I want people to start looking for their their own little microprogressions. As my dad noticed, you know, one little microprogression is, look what I was able to do for this, this young man who is now running Dallas IT, like the county, right? He, in my, and I might've been giving my dad all types of microaggressions, telling him he needs to change what he's doing, right? But my dad is really good at ignoring those. Mm -hmm. And he's he's capturing those micro progressions and moving mm-hmm. forward. And and so if you personally are just yeah. seeing microaggressions, try and flip that a little bit. Just because I think we saw with Stacy, man, that dude is living authentic life. My dad is living authentically, right? Like yeah. there's some people we've had some yeah. people on the show living yeah. authentically, and it's because they notice the little things that mm-hmm. tell them to keep going more than the little things that tell them to stop. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think that it's, uh, it reminds me of the hard, uh, like, you know, mm. we're hardwired to look for danger. That's a survival instinct that we have. That's good. Uh, there is also, we have to move from that survival mindset to a thriving mindset. It doesn't negate the fear or it doesn't negate the danger. It doesn't, you don't, yeah, you still see them and we're going to deal with those microaggressions, but a thriving attitude also includes those micro progressions like you talked about, man. That's, that's so astute. That's that's let's all thrive together. Let's keep learning. Like this is dude, man. I'm feeling good. I'm about to just I want to take over the world right now. (laughs) And I'm just blown away that again, I don't know how speechless I can become, Mm. but talking to my dad like that, this was amazing. This was such a good show. I hope (laughs) listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. Please keep rocking with us. Um Mm. I don't I have nothing else to say. Yeah. If, if you're not a patron already, you know, please, at any opportunity you can join us. We understand that sometimes it could be a financial thing. We just want you to talk with us, to grow with us. Absolutely. And so if you can't do that, join us on social media, share, comment, let us know what we're doing bad. Let us know what we're doing right. You know, give us a microaggression or a progression. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, we're We'll address it and we'll, we'll look and, you know, and, and, uh, not, you know, not be defensive. And, and yeah. if, if you, it's a good call out, it's a good call out, man. Let's, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's keep growing. Let's keep, you know, learning, man. All right. Whew. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's it. I mean, that's, that is, um, uh, this is the value of, of yeah. vulnerability and authenticity. This is, this is, this is, this is the treasure in the mountain. This is, this is it. Uh, I mean, the, the, wow. the worst part of all this is, man, my dad's going to be able to say, don't ever say I didn't teach you something because <laughs> this is going to this is going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Remember that episode, yeah. episode 25, 26? Yeah. 26. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, bud, thank you. I love you, Chris. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're doing this. And thank you, Richie, for showing up every time as yourself, vulnerable. Like that, we wouldn't even have this if you didn't reach out vulnerably and 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 start this whole thing. So thank you, man. Because like this is now my life and my future, and like <laughs> yeah. I'm just so thankful for it, and and, and just yearning. And Boy. and again, you know, we want this thing to grow. Yeah. You know, Patreon, the, our our fellow imperfect allies, mm-hmm. we want this thing to grow because we see how healing it has been for us. But at the end of the day, if mm-hmm. if we just do this for ourselves, like at the end of the day, if you don't have a podcast, but you start talking to other people with this kind of intention, please do that. If not for anyone else, but for yeah. yourself, because it truly is healing because you get to the mm-hmm. root of humanity so much quicker, so much quicker. And I just hope I hope everybody can learn from what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're we're not experts. We're on this journey, just figuring it out. But it's yeah. man, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Well, peace, Chris. Peace. <laughs>